0: Uh, so it's great to, great to be here, and uh, it's a real privilege to be able to share on Easter Sunday. It's a good day. It's a good day to be here. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day uh, because Jesus is alive. And what a, what a year it's been. That's maybe the biggest understatement of the history of understatements. What a year it's, um, it's been. But also, <clears throat> for me, it's been a year of... Um, of things that have been different in, in a positive way. A tradition that we started within our family has been Flurry Friday. So on a Friday evening, generally after we've finished the youth, uh, we jump in the car, we drive down to McDonald's, and we have, a, we have a flurry, sometimes a cheeseburger as well. But that's kind of a new, a new tradition that we've, that we've started. But also we've noticed that we're walking more together as a, as, as a family, going out together. Um, and one of the things that happens when we sometimes we go out, for, out for, for, for a walk, sometimes we play a game called what if or what would you do if? And then we come up with some silly kind of scenario. Um, what would you do if? And then we'd, we'd then say, And once, once we're, we're walking through one of the local fields and we're crossing a crossing river and Gabby, my daughter, got a mobile phone and hung it over the, this, over the bridge. And she says, what would you do if I dropped my phone right now? And that's fairly easy. We'd certainly find out if she was, if she was still able, able, able to swim or not. Um, but what, what I want to ask a question to start off with, what if Jesus really is alive? What if Jesus really did rise from the dead, which is what we've been singing about today, we've read about. What if it's really, really true? Now, before you start throwing things at your television, I'm convinced that it is true. Okay, I'm, I, I, don't, I, do, I do believe it, but there was a quote. I read something that somebody um, somebody wrote, and he was kind of looked into all the evidence, all the background to the uh, resurrection, and said this: "said After looking at and studying all the evidence available, I have come to the conclusion that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most wicked, vicious, heartless hoaxes." ever foisted upon the minds of men, or it is the most fantastic fact in history. Now, we believe today that Jesus is alive. But more than that, today, Easter Sunday, is the most important event that is part of our faith. You see, for me, Easter Sunday is that, you know, when you're about 15 minutes into a game of Jenga? And there's that one piece at the bottom that nobody wants to move because they know if they move the piece, the whole thing's come crashing down. The resurrection is like that one piece that if you take away the resurrection, if it didn't happen, everything else about our faith comes crashing down. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then all of our faith comes crashing down. But, and that's a big but, I want to talk about today. A hope that we have because Jesus is alive. When I was preparing for, uh, for for today's for today's talk, I was thinking about many different things, many different consequences that we have as a result of the resurrection. But there was one there was one thing that just kept coming back to me time and time again, and I've also heard it so much on the, the news on different people that have shared in recent weeks, and that's hope. I want to talk today about hope. There's many ways that hope is expressed. Back in the summer, I was full of hope. Liverpool Football Club had just been crowned champions of the Premier League. They were the champions of the world. They'd won the World, um, the world Cup, the World Club, Club, um, Club Football. So back in the summer I was full of the hope that this coming season it would be the season that we'd kick on to win, to win every game, to win the FA Cup, to win the League Cup, to win the League again, to win the Champions League. But things haven't quite worked out as I would have hoped this, uh, in, this, in this particular particular season. We have a holiday booked in Greece in, the, in August that was postponed from the previous year. I hope that in a few months' time, I'll be sitting on a sun-kissed beach with the Mediterranean sun beating down on me with a glass in hand with some nice olives and some nibbles. I hope that I can be there, but who knows? On the 25th of March 2020, a world leader addressed the nation and they said that he hopes everything will be back to normal by Easter. Didn't say which Easter, by the, by the way. But hope is something that can be expressed in many different ways. We hope in many things at the moment. We hope we have hope in the vaccine. We have hope in um, in the uh, the the, um, the roadmap out of this pandemic. We have hope in many many things. We sometimes we may hope in our in our finances. We may hope in job security. But hope in those kind of contexts, as we've experienced as as a world ultimately is fickle. It can be broken. It can be damaged. It cannot come to to pass. But today, my hope isn't in 11 men winning a game of football week after week. My hope isn't in a roadmap out of this pandemic. My hope is in the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead on that resurrection morning as he said he would. It's not an accident. He said that it would happen. And today Jesus is seated in all authority at his father's right hand. That's the hope that we have. My key key verse today I want to talk about is from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. And it's just one verse. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, when you understand Peter's story, when he encountered Jesus... We understand what Peter meant by being born again into a living hope. You see, Peter had given up everything to follow, to follow Jesus. Peter had heard some amazing things that Jesus taught. He'd seen Jesus do some amazing miracles. He'd seen Jesus raise the dead, made the blind to see. He'd heard Jesus talking about this kingdom which, he was, which was coming that would um, be so much bigger than what they would even, even have imagined. But Peter's last encounter with Jesus, before Jesus went to the cross, was covered in shame. Peter was the one who turned his back on Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. Peter was the one who denied that he even knew who Jesus was, never mind being one of his disciples. But Peter was one of the first people to witness the resurrected Christ. So when Peter talks about being, having new birth into a living hope, it wasn't just, oh, it's all back on again. Peter had encountered the risen Lord. He'd encountered the risen Christ. And that's the living hope that Peter wrote about here. And that's the living hope that I want to unpack a little bit today. It's not just in hope in things, not just in a hope in a philosophy. It's a hope in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and therefore he is a living hope. See, with it being a living hope, something which is living, it moves. It has influence. It does what it says. And we're born again into that living, the living hope. You know, many of us, if we've been uh, uh, baptised, when we're raised up out of the water in the the, the baptism, when we're raised up again, because Jesus is alive, we're raised up again to be walking a new life with Jesus, following, following Jesus. Ours is a living hope that we can know today. For the past couple of years, um, We've had a situation going on within um, our family, um, which has been really, really hard. Um, It's caused hurt. um, It's caused pain. It's caused anger. um, It's caused frustration. It's caused us to to, to pray. It's caused us to to talk about what, what is going on. And there's been times when you don't build up your hope that something is going to change because you don't want it to have, have it all dashed back again. Maybe you're in that situation. Maybe there is something that has been going on for a long time in your life. And it's something that you've, you've hoped for, you've prayed for, you've sought God for, but you've seen no change. But then a couple of, couple of weeks ago, Caroline's parents were on um, a Zoom call with um, their church, and there were over 100 people on this on the, the Zoom call. And there was a guy who was on the Zoom call. He was um, um, in Norway, and he knows nothing about um, what's gone on within our family. But he, he pointed out Caroline's parents on this on this Zoom call, and. He started to speak about God seeing the hurt that the family was experiencing. But then he started to speak about God being a God of, of healing and restoration. What that does, it stirs that hope again. It doesn't bring, it doesn't mean that we have that hope because we've always had it, but it stirs it up. It causes us again to turn to Jesus, who is our living hope. And cry out to him for change, for intervention within the situation. And for many for many believers, when we talk about the hope that we have, sometimes we talk about the, the culmination of the, the hope that one day we're going to meet Jesus face to face. One day there is going to be no more injustice. One day there's going to be no more pain. No more tears, no more death, no more hurt, no more sin. One day we're going to encounter that and we're going to meet Jesus face to face. But I came across a quote um, and this quote says that we have a hope that holds the future in the present because it, it is anchored in the past. I want to read that again because I think it's so good. (laughs) We have a hope that holds the future in the present because it is anchored in the past. As a church, we've been looking in recent recent weeks about what the year of Jubilee means, about God's kingdom coming, about the words that Jesus stood up in the temple, read from Isaiah, is saying that there is good news. That there is freedom. That he has come to set the captives free. Speaking about the year of Jubilee that we're in now. Speaking about his kingdom coming now. God's kingdom is in the future. But we bring it into the present. Because it is anchored in the past. When Jesus rose from the dead. Everything we have. Everything we have is because Jesus is alive he is our living hope today he is our living hope today so how do we stir up this living this living hope you know if you leave water in a bucket for long for long enough it becomes stagnant it loses um its um, it's life, if you, if you put it onto, onto flowers, it doesn't maybe do what, what it does. Water needs to be moved and water needs to be stirred up for it to be active. Jesus spoke about living waters flowing out from us. And we need to do the similar thing with the living, the living hope. We need to stir up the hope that is within us. We need to consider everything that we have because Jesus is alive. We need to consider the fact that we've been born again into this living, 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 living hope. We need to consider we've been been brought back to the Father. We've been brought back into that perfect relationship with our Father again. We need to be brought back into the fact that we have our sins forgiven, that we've been declared free. No condemn, 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 condemnation. We need to stir those kind of things up. So how do we stir it up? Well, I think one of the ways that we do that Is by looking at what God has done, and by reading about what God says in His Word, and use that as a as a just a a big bucket of water, just to stir up those kind of truths, those kind of stories, those those events that we read about. In two Corinthians one and verse twenty, it says that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us, to the glory of God. Jesus is the yes to all of our promises, but then we, when we come and we say amen, amen to those promises, we're doubling up on that. We're stirring up those, kind of, those, those, um, those, those promises that God has made. Those things that Jesus, we read about, he's done in his word, we stir them up within, within us. So every promise that God has made to you, Every promise that God has declared over your family, every promise that God has spoken to his, his, his world, they are yes and amen in Christ. And that's how we stir up the hope. That's how we stir it up within us by remembering what God has done and declaring uh, those things again, expecting God's, God's kingdom um, to come in that quote that I mentioned at the at the beginning, it says that if Jesus is alive, then. So, I believe God wants to stir up this this hope within us today. Maybe today, as you're listening, you don't know what this living hope is. Maybe you have a hope that maybe you've done enough things in the past. I remember once I was speaking to a guy in the in the, the street. Um, he was talking. He actually approached, approached me about his own his own um, own faith, and so we got we got talking, um, and we were talking about you know, actually what our faith means to us. And I said to him, I "says you know, Do you, you know, do you believe that one day you're going to achieve what your your faith um, teaches?" And he said, "I hope so. He hopes so. He he hopes that everything that, that he believes in is going to be." It's going to come then to fruition. But I could then talk about a hope that I have, that my faith isn't anchored in what I do. It's not anchored in what I believe, uh, in what I have done. It's not anchored in what I say, but it's anchored in the fact that Jesus is the anchor that my faith is rooted into. And maybe you don't, you don't, you don't know that today. I want to invite you today. To come to Jesus, the living, the living hope, wouldn 't it be cool if your new life with Jesus could start the morning that we celebrate the day that Jesus came back to life again? Maybe you can identify um, with, with Peter we spoke about at the, at the beginning, who was covered in shame, and his last encounter with Jesus was he just feeling, feeling shame when he met Jesus on that resurrection morning. That shame was was removed. That shame was lifted from him. Peter was restored back into relationship again. So I believe God wants to stir some of this hope within us today. He wants to pour some of this living living hope into us today. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to then pray um, and then hand over over to to Rob. He wants to share um, something on that. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that today is a day we can rejoice and we can celebrate because Jesus, you are alive. We thank you that we can come to you today, our living hope, that you, Jesus, you are alive today, therefore the hope we have comes alive. Jesus, we want to worship you today. We declare your goodness. We we ask for your kingdom to come for that living hope that is there in the future, we can bring into the present because it is anchored in the past. Kingdom come. Kingdom of God come. Let your will be done today in Jesus'
1: name. Amen. Thank you, Richard. That was brilliant. Um, We're going to go back into worship in a moment or two. But just before we do, I just want to share something of a, a prophetic feeling, I suppose, Uh, that's just been stirred by this Easter weekend, because Easter is such a good picture of life, isn't it? Because on Friday, uh, that's about loss, that's about grief, that's about pain, that's about suffering. On Saturday, that's about waiting, That's about hiddenness. That's about things that haven't yet been revealed. But it's also about hope. And Sunday is about the fulfillment of hope. It's about the resurrection power. It's about new life. It's about new possibilities. It's about healing. It's about eternity. But I just felt like there were some people that were stuck in in Saturday. Stuck in Saturday. Still working through some grief. Still working through some questions. Still working through... Some doubts, even, but Jesus wants to bring you and invite you into Sunday. He wants to bring you into the resurrection power of Sunday. Not that it's wrong to wait, actually. That there is power in the waiting, but we wait in hope. So just as we come back into worship, I just want to invite you to step from Saturday into Sunday, to step into the living hope. So the hope that we're talking about isn't a hope that is in vain, as Rich has been sharing. It's a living hope. It's a hope that lives and moves and breathes and empowers and, and helps us, even in uh, the seasons of life, those three seasons that we all go through